Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, Season 5. This is Episode 27. You need to know my secret. The Aching Hunger Reloaded. My name is Russ Shaw. Going to read some surveys and touch on some classic ASI stuff here. And you'll hear a clip from Dr. Patrick Carnes, who coined the name Sexual Addiction. ASI247.org is the website for this odyssey into sexual integrity in the parts of your mind that we cover with fig leaves. <laughs> I don't know. I just came up with that. Uh, also, yes, ASI247.org is the uh, website for this podcast. I wanted to also let you guys know that Triple X Church is doing a uh, tryout uh, small groups for free. So if you wanted to, what does an online recovery group look like? If you wanted to try that out and, and sample that, uh, smallgroupsonline.com. You can uh, check out my pilgrimage groups or recover groups there uh, at smallgroups.com online.com all one word and the music a fellow struggler question mark this is mr steve vi and the song is appropriately named aching hunger you need to know my secret it's very bad very very bad i want to tell you but i i i'm afraid Sex addiction, because we're not comfortable talking about sex, has been um, tough for people to, to understand. But if you can think of it, when a person cannot stop their behavior, they make promises to themselves they're going to stop, and they can't, um, they have much to lose, and they still go ahead and do the behavior anyway. The myth is, is that chemicals, that you have to take a chemical to be addicted. But now as we understand the brain, that a brain disease is literally where the reward centers of the brain make it impossible for the person to make good choices for themselves. A good example is obesity, which is over 30% of our adults struggle with. So uh, addiction is much more common than people would think. Sometimes journalists ask me how many drinks makes an alcoholic. It isn't a matter of how many drinks you have. It's about the consequences in your life. Again, going back to the old days, right? A little classic ASI going on here. I'm driving, and 
I know the audio quality isn't pristine, alright? If you're used to listening to a lot of podcasts, sometimes I realize that this podcast could be kind of work for some of you, right? Like, the, it's hard to listen to, man. Sometimes I hear cars in the background and raindrop. I, I don't know. I just do some of my best thinking here and flowing out of... And listen, it's not just me doing my best thinking, but it's also where I tend to get the most raw, all right? Where this stuff is flowing from the thoughts into the emotions and some of your stories and emails and messages and and filling out those surveys, it it, it hits me and and it has me not just react emotionally, but thinking through some of this stuff and where I was at. Because that's that's all this is. Anytime you listen to a podcast, even reading books by someone who uh, has been through something and you're, so you're gaining knowledge through someone else's story, right? This is my story. It's not your story, but it is my story. And this is where I can um, hopefully interject some wisdom. Not that I'm the smartest freaking cat in the world, because I'm not, alright, but I do care about you guys because I know how painful this is because I've been there, alright, and again, so this is my my rawest form, it's right here with the noise and the cars honking and the rain and the windshield wipers, right, <laughs> that's what you're going to hear here, not audio quality, but hopefully content, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, by the way, it's russ at asi247.org. That's my email address. Uh, there's a Facebook page called Heart, Mind, Love, Sex, and Affection. And that's on uh, Facebook. It's a group, kind of a page. Um, Twitter, it's at Russ Shaw, all one word, and I get tweet messages from there as well. So that's. Uh, C.RussShaw on Instagram. So I'll throw that one out there as well. C.RussShaw on Instagram is another way to, uh, to, to I don't know, is it's social media, right? Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about social media today as well. Um, but the, I, the thing that I really want to bring to mind here, the, 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 the idea, the, the thing that has me doing this podcast, aching hunger reloaded, and going back to the feelings of just the, you know, I have this, this thing, this, and it keeps bugging me, and it feels like I'm starving and returning back to some kind of meal of some sort, like this aching hunger down in the loins that's bringing you back to the screen, um, back to lurid relationships, what is going on with that, and maybe this is going to be more of a, uh, I I may take a lot of shows to do it, because I want to unpack it in in good bite-sized chunks, Uh, so Aching Hunger Reloaded is really, part of this is, have I become Mr. Should and Ought To, or let me tell you what you need to do, and have I got away from some of the emotion of this thing? Because uh, I feel like, sometimes I feel like I've done that over and over. I keep saying the same things, but it, but they're more of should and ought to things. And I want to come and meet you 
in this place where I was very stuck in. And I know how it feels, man. I know the the anguish and the just, ah, I did that again and I promised myself I would never do that again. That's why I played that clip from Patrick Carnes at the beginning of the, of the podcast is to, you know, to let you know that this is a real thing, that you're, you know, it's, and I wouldn't just say that you have a disease, right, and there's something going on in the heart, Uh, brain disease is what the the term Patrick uses there, And, and he's a psychologist, and I get it, and I could use those terms too, and that could be accurate at a certain level, but again, I want to go back to the heart and what this felt like for me. And so this is sort of my story. This whole podcast is me working through this. But as a teacher and as a kind of a leader in this area, I, I feel convicted about meeting you in that place that, that I was very, very much stuck in. So what is it about this aching hunger, Russ? I'm glad you're here and maybe you're asking that question or you're feeling that dissonance that I'm stirring here and letting it hang for a second and, and I want to kind of address that in pieces. How to come to terms with it and how to walk into healing and walk into recovery and getting this monkey off your back, so to speak, all right? But that's three different levels of the thing right there. And first, we're going to go into what that feels like by, uh, I'm going to read some surveys from some listeners, and, you know, it's one of those me too kind of things. This is something I experienced in group, and you've probably heard me say that a thousand times, get involved in a group, whether it's face-to-face, my my guest Jay Stringer I had on recently said the same thing, S.A., Triple X Church has these online groups where it's sort of like Skype and you're, you're seeing people face to face. Again, I, I support what Triple X Church is doing with those groups. And I, I, it's just, that's a big one, all right? But rather than just, you should be in a group and should on you, right? I want to get into the feelings of, of why, right? What are you addressing with this aching hunger, as Steve Vai so eloquently put it in that song? I believe that fear loves to digest thoughts, right? And that's one of the reasons I'm doing these surveys, is we're getting under the surface of your thoughts, right? Getting out of your head some, and I'm asking you how you feel. So again, ASI247.org, I'd love for you to fill out one of those surveys, because uh, I'll do more of these shows as we unpack uh, this Aching Hunger Reloaded. I want to do more of these surveys, and I've asked some new questions on that survey as well. It's it's called Me Too, uh, Secret Struggles, right, of the what's going on in the heart. Because again, my head is sort of like a cow. Now a cow 
has four stomachs, all right? This is another metaphor, but it's great, all right? A cow has four stomachs, and what a cow does is it eats the grass, right? It chews up the, the grass, and then it swallows it, and then it spits it back up, and then it chews on this thing called cud, right? A cow chewing its cud, and then it re right, swallows that, and I think that as thinkers, some of us think too much, right? And if you're like me, you maybe have this, right? You think a lot. Fear sometimes enters into those thoughts as a castaway, right? As a infiltrator. And we don't really realize it on the surface. This is, again, going into consciousness. So when I ask you how you feel in these surveys, you're gonna have a lot different um, things going on in your body. And listen, this is not some encouraging you to just follow your feelings. Like you let your feelings take the wheel, right? You're the driver's seat. Um, let Jesus take the wheel. That's the that's the point, Russ. Um, I know, all right? But sometimes, you know, Jesus himself is going to say, oh, wake up, you sleeper. And like Christ's shine on you, right? Like this is... This is consciousness, again, going into consciousness. Uh, Albert Einstein said the same level of consciousness that got you into a situation is not going to get you out. What I mean by this is it's not that your feelings are, are driving, it's that your head and your heart get on the same page, all right? Your brain and the rest of your body, they they're in the same space, and I think that a lot of, especially Christian, you know, traditional, evangelical, kind of Christian teaching has been very focused on the head more than the heart and the body, all right? And the soul, There's all these things. I mean, we want to split that up, even using that term, and I've done that before, and I admit that, right? Uh, body, mind, spirit. You know, that's sort of slicing us up into pieces. So how do we get all those pieces on the same page? That's part of this conversation. See, an aching hunger is something that happens in your body more than it happens in your head. And so getting out of our head some is to realize that our head is part, it's part of the problem. You could argue that, but honestly, seriously, when you feel like going in a certain direction, that's usually the direction you go in. And it takes some sober, right, conscious judgment to to understand that. So that's the purpose of these surveys, and at least this survey, anyway. It's called Me Too, an echo of sex, struggles, and secrets. Uh... Respondent number, the latest respondent. Uh, the first question is think of a clever handle or nickname for yourself. And he says Zoltar, right? That's the, the nickname. Number two is blank is my secret. And it feels like his answer was nothing is my secret. And it feels like a relief, which is great. Now, this is a listener who is in the point where they're not having to lie about it which is a whole nother it just is a whole nother shroud around this thing so uh, that's that's where he's coming from um, this is my struggle and it, I feel the weight of emptiness one word response 
another respondent uh, goes by the handle number one question his nickname is big questions to find some truth number two blank is my secret and it feels like so if we put in the blank here's his response it has always wanted to destroy me if blank is my secret and it feels like that's good thanks for thanks for uh, answering that that way it, it feels like destruction um, that's a that's a good answer when it comes to my unwanted behavior I don't love this anymore because I have begun to face it with a new light which has extracted the poisonous dart at the same time I sincerely do not wish anyone to witness me acting out that's a good answer, man. That is so true. I, I feel that, too. That's part of the other listener answering with, uh, I have no secrets. That's that's some of the extracting of the poisonous dart, right? Um, we keep the dart in there when we keep the secret. But I still, I want to help. Uh, I want you to know that I understand that keeping the secret is... is is important to you, all right? Because it was super important to me. I thought if my wife knew, it would just end everything. I, I, I had so many layers of shame. And that was a big one. It, I just the poisonous dart of shame is, is how I'll, I'll leave that. Um, question number four. This is my struggle, and I feel the weight of the past, my behavior, and the chains dropping off of me. That's a great answer. That's hopeful. It's beautiful. Um, what do the feelings of giving porn an eviction notice stir up? See, that's one of these things is that approaching any unwanted behavior and then focusing on that. I don't believe in demonizing pornography, right? It's like my friend Seth says, the reason why pornography is this is because we demand it. There's supply and demand. I uh, went through rehab from alcohol, and I was told that alcohol is the devil, and I have a gene, and I can never touch it again. That wasn't helpful for me because I didn't deal with my heart issues. I was just not drinking, right, or not drinking hard alcohol anyway. Uh, turning the car off a little quieter. There we go. My point is that when you take responsibility for what it is that is controlling you, the chains start to drop off. Or as one guy, Scott Thomas, said, um, you start to see it shed like hair off a dog. A great quote uh, is by a guy named Dr. Viktor Frankl, who was a psychologist, actually survivor of uh, in concentration camps, he wrote a book called uh, Man's Search for Meaning, which it was a great book. And one of the quotes, one, one quote of his is, When we no longer are able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And that is so true. I think we try and go to work to change the outside circumstance more than we go to work on our own hearts. Uh, Hector, number one question, one nickname for yourself, Hector. Uh, question number two, blank is my secret and it feels like shame. 
Question number three. When it comes to my unwanted behavior, I don't love this anymore because I'm no good. That's another one. That's Again, that's that shame creature in there devaluing us, telling us lies about ourselves. Um, this is my struggle and I feel the weight of a thousand tons. That is a... Uh, that's powerful. Uh, and I felt that way. I get that. I so get that, Hector. Uh, another respondent. Think about a clever handle or nickname uh, for this survey. Confession. That's uh, number two. Blank is my secret, and it feels like um, rape porn. Two young images and bestiality is is his secret. This is part of the the nature of this addiction that I've noticed, and I've challenged friends with too who are like, you know, yeah, look at a little porn. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm an addict. And one of the things I I ask them is, have you seen it progress into weirder shit? You know, and sometimes they answer, and sometimes they, you know, change the subject or, you know, him ha or move around in their chair a little bit. Uh, it's, it's not everybody, right? But that's one of the, the ways to know that you're an addict is to say, when you, when you go from just, I don't know what regular porn is, right? Whatever that is, to. There's a guy who wrote a book, uh, Oh, I forget the name of it, but he talks about, you know, maybe somewhere back in the past we we lived in cultures where women were gang banged by right, and then it took a village, and you didn't really know whose kid this was, but you loved the kid because, you know, everybody, and and I don't know, I guess coming up with that that could be something in our animal nature or lower levels of evolution as a species I don't know but uh, you know what if what if we look at gangbangs because we're hearkening back to something you know in our social evolution or something and, I, and I'm saying and I said well do you start out looking at gangbangs really like you know is that the kind of porn you start with do you think anybody starts at a gangbang for example uh, no, usually not. I, usually it starts with seeing naked pictures and then you're, you're watching a, a, a little person, right? Midget or, or uh, that's a derogatory term. I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but you know, there's usually that and an animal, you know, if you're, if you're watching that with a, a little person and a crocodile or something, you, you know, no, it starts there. That's my point. This is a progressive um, disease, <laughs> to use that term. I just called addiction a disease. It's the heart that's diseased. This is this is a heart level thing that we need to work on. The identity thief in there, um, trying to medicate us in a different way. And I've, I mean, dude, I've looked at some some shit too. That stuff like that. All right, I've been there. I know what that feels like. I've seen, you know, rough sex porn that was very much like rape. It's, it's disgusting. It's disturbing. But I think that what's going on in our, in our brains is that the the level of shit that got us off last time 
is not the same level of shit that's going to get us off this next time. So we we seek uh, the the dopamine levels to rise. It's like getting a hit of a stronger drug. Um, when it comes to my unwanted behavior, I don't love this anymore because it's not me. And that is such a good answer. Oh my God, dude, that is so true. It is not you. Again, we're going to that identity thief. It's shame. And it's shame at work in there. It's driving us back to the thing, right? Um, this is my struggle and I feel the weight of all the things I've seen. Oh, dude. I feel that too. I get you. I really do. Um, you know, you, you look at porn and you, there's some images that just scrolling through or whatever you did, you know, you had that image or that picture or that video and maybe you, you scrolled through several hundred images to get that one, right? Or that one video that you wanted to see and then and then you, you repeated that until it got boring, right? But it's those images that tend to stick. And that's what uh, Mark Azulay, he's a, a therapist that was on the podcast. And that's, and that's one thing that he said. It's like, what kind of porn do you like? I would probably ask them that. What kind of porn gets you off? Like, what, what kind of porn do you enjoy? And there's a reason why some of those images that that keep popping up in our brain that are, uh, I used to say are thrown at you like darts, right? to try and trip you up or to burn your house down or whatever. I think that we can learn from those because there's an element of intimacy. There may be an echo from the past um, relationally and, and when it comes to human connection, that's that's we're tapping into in some of those images. Um, and again, I'm not an expert, all right? I'm not Mr. Psychologist. Um, I've just been doing this a long time, and I was very addicted myself. Very addicted, alright? Um, this is my struggle and the feel of the weight of all the things I've seen. That is so true. Think up a clever handle for yourself. Fort Myers Whack Job um, is the clever <laughs> nickname. You, you guys come up with some stuff. I tell you what, I'm the Seattle Whack Job. <laughs> Hello, my name is Rush Shaw. Your host, Seattle Northwestern uh, Whack Job. Everett. I love an Everett, which is the Naval Station Everett. Whack Job. That's me. Uh, number two. Blank is my secret, and it feels like uh, compulsive porn addiction and toxic shame. Oh, dude. That See, just knowing that, knowing that it's toxic shame has you so much farther than a lot of people in this journey. Uh... And I appreciate that answer. That is toxic shame. I know it. It's a secret. It's inside me. It's toxic shame. It's lying to me. It's an identity thief. That's a step in the right direction. Or knowing, like just knowing where you are on the path. Not just, oh, well, I'm, I'm trying to go up this path, but I keep rolling down the hill. That's bullshit, all right? You, you get to a point in the path by knowing. This is part of consciousness, too. The journey of, of, of this pilgrimage, as my friend Seth would say, it, 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 a lot, big chunks of it have to do, it has way more to do with consciousness than behavior mod, alright? Than you getting to a place in your behavior. Because if you can't sustain that place, 
then there, right, there's something else going on under the surface. Because, you know, behavior mod can get you to a place for a while. It can get you sober for a week or two, right? You hear what I'm saying? Um, this is my struggle, and I feel the weight of dishonest guilt. Man, I've been there, and I've been alive long enough, and I and I struggle with this in like 20-plus-some-odd years. And I, I feel that, dude. I feel you. Dishonesty, just feeling like a fucking liar, just like a... You know, like you have no integrity, like you're wearing a mask constantly, man. I, I felt that too. This is question number one on page two. Uh, what do the feelings of giving porn an eviction notice stir up? To look at how much better my life would be if I were free from this addiction. The the the, the happiness thing, you know, the fulfilled thing. Um, Seth Taylor's approach of not counting your days and not feeling guilt over relapse is controversial. And, and I get that. I think guilt is just the normal feeling. Um, it, it, but And it ties itself to shame, right? Guilt and shame. Shame wears the mask of, uh, right? Disguising itself as guilt. So you're supposed to feel normal or something, right? The, the facts are, the more you go to work on healing yourself, healing your heart and soul, the more the porn thing takes care of itself, alright? And that really is true. And I didn't like that in the beginning of doing this show, but it really is true. You need to focus on healing your heart. I've said that in the show a lot though, right? It's the, the, the little thing I would say. You go after the heart, which heals the mind, which takes care of and changes behavior over time. The shame and the guilt, this is, this is part of seeing the journey of recognizing those two things and why they exist in your life and in your heart, all right? Uh, because being free from the addiction doesn't necessarily make you free from... Because there's always something else that can take its place, you know? It's like me with alcohol. That was my first thing. Drank myself to death when I was 16 years old. Uh, I went from that to methamphetamine and crack cocaine. So, you know, just listening to the... <laughs> the behavior mod people in the rehab center tell me that I have a disease and then if I ever touch alcohol again, you gotta get rid of the demon alcohol! And that's your problem. It wasn't my problem, right? something else going on that's what addiction swapping is so yeah I feel you when you say you know getting over this this addiction um, your life would be so much better C.S. Lewis had this great quote and he said God moves into our heart right and and we think he's gonna change the gutters and maybe put a coat of paint on and instead he tears a wall down <laughs> and he starts building a new wing, right? And that's kind of like this, like, we're, just get rid of this porn thing, Lord, and, and then I'll be doing fine. And what we don't realize is maybe that's there because we're being called to a different level of healing and wholeness. 
as we understand the truth of our being and then the way of our being, right? This is the truth of your being. When you start dealing with these feelings and talking about how it feels, that's, that's entering into the truth of your being. The way of your being is the path. So that's the surveys, and I want to thank everyone who uh, filled the surveys out. And you're anonymous when you fill out these surveys, but you know where where we're going with this in your heart, in your feelings, right? And talking about how all this stuff feels that is that is that is hollow ground, and I want to respect that, and I appreciate every single one of you who has filled out a survey or is feeling stirred in the area of curiosity uh, towards doing that. ASI247.org, uh, go to the survey page and Me Too is the survey. Uh, I'm on, I encourage you to fill that out and I'll do another podcast um, called Aching Hunger Reloaded with a different topic based on how those surveys are filled out and uh, I, I just want to read those and you know not that I respond to them even yeah I'm not gonna tell you what you should or ought to think right but the fact that you feel the way you do and you're sharing that with other people it is it is encouraging and it encourages healing it's done so in my life and again I'm not an expert I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, I'm a professional unprofessional, but that's something that has really worked in my heart to change me uh, over the years. So again, ASI247.org, click on the survey page, and Aching Hunger Reloaded number two will be based on the results of those surveys. Um, so over the years, I've had a number of guests on the show. I have said things because uh, people will constantly come and ask, what do I do? I am saddled with this. I'm struggling with this. Tell me what I need to do. Um, and, and, and every guest I've had will say one of these four things. I'm going to list four things. And the aching hunger of indecision, right? Or decision-making. Uh gonna get on my way here but this is how I want to end this podcast uh, reloading right we're doing aching hunger reloaded one of the th aching hungers I think is that we just don't want to be bored you know I remember when my kids were little and they would say dad I'm bored I'd say you know being bored is actually really good for you just be bored for a while right just sit in that <laughs> something I said when I started in recovery right um, but there's something to that. We need to make deeper, uh, on a different level of consciousness, kind of decisions. What I mean by that is that I've been saying the same thing on this podcast over and over again, right? What are the what are the things you need to do? Just tell me what to do, Russ. And and the things usually are um, you need to first of all tell someone, all right. Confess your secrets. Um, Russ at ASI247.org. Uh, this has been a place where many people have confessed this thing to someone outside themselves for the first time. And I welcome that. And listen, I realize what it means when I say that. And some of you 
I don't know, you're single, maybe you're in college, and you haven't really talked to anybody about this, and sending an email is not that scary, right? But some of you have established careers, and like you know, Patrick Karn said, you do have something to lose, and you you are sensitive to your privacy in confessing something like this to someone like myself. And that's why I want to point you to the WhatsApp, all right? WhatsApp in your app store is encrypted technology where you, if you were, listen, I don't know if Bill Clinton's listening. Maybe he's got some recovery over his uh, his compulsion. I don't know, but this is so well encrypted that even someone like Clinton could uh, talk with someone like me directly without anybody listening in. Um, Wired Magazine did a study on this, uh, talked about the technology, the engineering behind the way the WhatsApp works, and it is encrypted. Okay, here's how it, here's how it works, kind of. Usually when you, uh, when someone's listening in on, on a phone call, for example, they can, they can tap in and listen as a third party on that conversation. The way the WhatsApp is engineered is there's no way a third party can listen, can, can, can intercept a text message, even if you are the NSA, all right? And this was developed after the Snowden incident and after we found that governments are listening in on our... The way that it works is there's a, there can only be a two-way conversation between you and whoever else is on the other end of that line. Now, I realize as I say this that, oh, you're telling sex addicts how to keep secrets for us? Um, eventually, I'd like for you to confess this, you know, but that's down the road. But the next, right, the next step, to use the step language, would be to, to, to mention it, to say something to an actual human being eye-to-eye, uh, -eye, face to face. And this could be the best way to do it is through a therapist or a, a pastor, maybe someone you trust, not just Joe Schmo pastor guy out of the phone book, um, or in the kind of surfacey, you know, everybody's fine at the church you go to, church, right? Uh, someone you actually trust. Someone who's not just a neat religious person, but a godly man or woman, all right? And godly men and women, knowing that that's there, it takes a little bit of work, all right? So getting to know people a little bit and then confessing that secret, if it's a secret in your life, to that person is, is always good. Uh, the next thing is, uh, you know, again, getting some help uh, and groups. I, I firmly believe in groups. Uh, it's just seeing other people struggle, feeling like, I heard one guy say, you feel like a three-legged dog, right, throughout your life. Like, there's no one else but me, and I feel this way, like I'm a three-legged dog. Going to a group, a healthy, well-balanced recovery group, um, it, it, it's like walking into a room full of three-legged dogs, you know? Now, that's where I found spiritual community, is in some of those groups. I'm like, oh my God, you, you are, these are my people, right? You felt like I do. And, and there's so much freedom in that. Uh, 
So that's a big one as well. But again, instead of saying the same things over and over again, you get it, right? You've heard me say these things, but there's this, you still feel stuck. And that's where I want to bring this show to. And I did some research um, on hard decisions because it's not that you don't know what to do. It's that you're in a place where indecision is king. I actually looked up some uh, information from a woman named Ruth Chang. Ruth Chang is a philosophy professor at Rutgers University. And she uh, did a TED Talk on decisions, right? Because she always in her life had a real hard time making decisions. Like decision making for her was really stressful and it raised her anxiety. And so she went to work on, on maybe maybe why that is. and. and she talks about it in, in steps. I, I like to think... Of, I'm a metaphor guy. I really am. I don't know why. Maybe I feel more of the uh, <laughs> the situation in a metaphor than kind of putting it in bullet points, right? Um, but I mean, some of you guys have played video games. Maybe you've been to a menu on a video game and you have to click on a certain point. Um, I remember playing the game... Uh, uh, Tomb Raider, you know, but but you get to crossroads, you know, in the game, and you got to make a decision. And and listen, not making decision, that's that's still a decision, all right. But here's here's her. So she had this five point way of thinking about it. Now, if you could think about the like the video game, and you have five different trails that you 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 need to to visit, like there's a there's a achievement to unlock at the end of each one of these five paths, and here's what these this unlocking these achievements looks like. Um, what matters? All right, number one is what matters. Now that's part of why I played that clip by Patrick Carnes at the beginning of this podcast is because he talks about the consequences of not changing this, right? But it is very real. Um, I devastated my wife. I did. I hurt her tremendously. Because I wouldn't heal, right? I get emotional talking about this. Um, I was reminded of this in that that last clip with with Paul Young in the last show. Um, She paid a tremendous price for my healing. When it was just porn, I could have done some work to heal it then. But there had to be more, right? Pain for me. Um, so what matters? That matters, all right? Your life matters. People trusting you. Intimacy matters. Uh, number number two, uh, th- this choice, the choice you're about to make, um, it carries weight and it's gonna have consequences, all right? This is not an easy decision, all right? This is not just like playing a video game, all right? I'm, 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 that's part of this. Y- you step into healing, it, it's gonna carry consequences. Uh, number two is to make a list of them. Make a list of the pros and cons, right? What, not just pros and cons, but to make a list of you, the pain that you will face um, in this journey. It's not there to scare you. It's there to help you move in the right direction. 
you put them on paper in front of you. And I think I would list number one as staying where you are. Because again, that's a decision. What is the consequences of not acting, of not healing today, making that choice? Um, list them. Uh, what are my friends going to think for me? That was one of mine, uh, you know, being honest with my friends. Tuesday nights, uh, going to a group, what am I going to tell my wife where I'm at, right? How am I going to handle that? What do I do with this time? I'm going to have to make time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cost money, maybe. You go to a therapist or a counselor, it's going to cost you something, monetarily, usually, all right? Uh, write that down. These are, these are things, and then when you see them in front of you, it's easier to make a choice in which one you're going to click and which path you're going to go down first, right? And listen, once you've written all this stuff down and you realize that this is not an easy decision, right? This is going to be a difficult decision, and I believe that's where most of us get hung up. All right, that's where we end up adrift, is where we realize there's a tough decision needs to be made and how do we move forward. Um, once you have all this written down, I want you to pray about it, all right? And not just, you know, words at God, all right? But listening and feeling. It's like my friend Seth says, find a place, a quiet place. If you have to lay down in your closet, then do that. But find a quiet place. Maybe have this paper on your chest and feel the tension of it, right? Feel it in your body. This is important, right? The body keeps the score is uh, a book by a psychologist, I believe, over there in, in Europe talked about this, the science behind this concept, but, you know, getting outside of your head, that's the big part of this, and breathing in this quiet place, just breathe it out, get out of your head, because here's what's going to happen, your head is going to keep playing little movies of each one of these things you've written down, right? Uh, going to go to group on Wednesday night. Oh, how is that going to play out with my spouse, my girlfriend, boyfriend, right? What, what, it, what is this going to look like for my job? What if someone sees me there? Right? All these things, these, these movies start to play in your head for each one of these tough decisions. I want you to feel that. Breathe it out. And ask God to, to heal it. Ask God to be there, trusting, walking. Not, again, not so much blabbering off words, all right? Not that God doesn't want to hear our words, all right? But we do spend, as Christians especially, we spend a lot of time talking and not enough time listening. Not enough time feeling. Not enough time just climbing up in Papa's lap and being having God remove these, these, you know, energies that are stuck in our body when it's time to make a, a, a life-altering decision. Number three, these are the, this is number three, uh, recognize that these are hard choices, right? Again, 
And and here's an, here's another one. There's no right answer. This is this is number three. Again, it's kind of echoing number one, right? Yes, this is a tough decision, um, but but realize in number three, stop stop thinking black and white. All right, that's one of the things that we have. We have this dualistic thing going on in our heads that this is right, this is wrong. I'm afraid of doing the wrong thing. I might do this wrong. Um, number three. You're probably gonna do it wrong, you know. There's no stop thinking right and wrong. It's not. It's not even about that. It's about decision. All right. It's about entering in to a, a different life. It's about the fact that your life is continually flowing. You're not just staying still. You're not just staying static. That's a myth. That's a lie. Um, you make a decision. Because again, not making a decision, still a decision. In your life, you're still getting older, and this thing gets progressive, right? Number four, uh, I love you guys, man. I, I, I yell a little bit, and I get sound frustrated. I'm not frustrated with you as much as I'm frustrated with myself and, and when I say some of this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm looking at a younger version of me and thinking, I have to forgive that guy. I really do. My friend Seth and I, and his wife Amy, we did a, a process thing, and I really realized I got to forgive that little guy, that, that younger me. I really do. Uh, it's because he's, he's, it's not his fault, you know? Oh shit, you know, it's not his fault. It's not, it's not the younger you's fault. You're just you're processing some of the damage in your life, and that's what's brought you to this place. Uh, number four, commitment to the choice that you have made. Um, I think that's being sober about it. Maybe I might change the language a little bit. Not that I'm smarter than a philosophy professor at Rutgers, all right, but I would maybe change the the, the language a little bit in that. Um, realize meditate on, think about the decision that you've made, the choice that you're making, um, in which direction you're going. It's, you know, having this list in front of you, that's that's kind of like looking at the menu on the screen, right, in the in this video game that is your, your freaking life. Um, and number five, Being conscious of the fact that when you do this, when you make this decision, and I would say this would be the different decision than number one on the list, right? Staying the same, because that's where you're at. But when you move out of that box into one of these other areas of decision making, of which direction you're going to take, you're... You're starting in the path of, of, of defining moments. Like, that's a defining moment. You pick up that heavy phone, make an appointment with a therapist or a counselor, that's a defining moment. And there's going to be a new version of you on the other end of that. All right? 
And it's that's awesome, man. I'm your freaking cheerleader in that right now, all right? Because you guys, some of you, you're going to look up groups. You're going to go on the internet. You're going to find an SA group. And you're going to make a plan. And you're going to go, all right? And that's, you're going to be a new, there's a new part of your journey starts right there. And a whole different version of yourself emerges. And I'm so freaking proud of you for, for doing that, for making that decision. Um, whatever decision you're going to make. Even if it is the decision to just stay the same. Maybe you need to do that for a little while and just stop guilting and shaming on yourself and give yourself a break. But realize that change comes through making a decision. Decision to heal those parts of your wounded heart. I love you guys. I, I really do. I mean that sincerely. Um, I was thinking about this Bible verse. 2 Corinthians 4, 6-18 through 18. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying the body of death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be material and manifest in us. That is the truth of your being. That's part of that piece, all right? So, yes, thank you for listening to this podcast. Again, ASI247.org. Fill out a survey if you'd like. Uh, love, love to have you on the next show when I talk about more of this aching hunger reloaded. I'm going to leave you with a... Yes, we, we talked about some scripture. And I'm going to leave you with a song to hopefully, uh, hopefully encourage you guys and gals. Anybody who's feeling this. And yeah, it's punk rock, alright? So it's not going to be the Christian-y song that I lead out the show with. But I uh, hope you can appreciate that for the sake of encouragement. I think Peter in the Bible, right? Apostle Peter was, was a bit punk rock, you know? Pulls out a sword and chops a dude's ear off. Like, that's, that's pretty punk rock right there. That, and this is a, an adult show with an adult content about an adult subject just right there in front of Jesus just chops a dude's ear off and Jesus picks up the ear and sticks it on the guy's head while he's being arrested heals the guy looks at Peter and says you live that you live by that thing you're gonna die by it right and listen never say die that's, that's not what Jesus said. That's what I'm saying. That's what this punk rock song says. So getting some of this energy from that scripture and from from this, this little message here today. One of the things I could stir your spirit about is letting your spirit get curious as to why it's so hard. Does that make sense? See, when you let your spirit get curious things move, right? Things move from a deeper part of you than you even know exists. 
this is getting into some of that mysticism, right? The spiritual stuff, the below your ego or alter egos that you've created for yourself over the years. Reloading this aching hunger, this aching hunger that you feel inside you to just be alive and never say die. Don't even dip your toe in the water Unless you plan to swim Don't give a fucking inch Unless you're planning to give in Don't even leave the nest Unless you plan to fly And no matter what Never say he die I said no matter what Never say he die I said no matter what Never say Never say die Don't ever say Bumper promo. That band there is called the Bastard Sons. Now it's not sons as in sons, like your son, but sons as in S-U-N-S. So the Bastard Sons as in sons for like a, a planet, all right? Just to clarify. Um, and it's called Never Say Die. Steve Vai's Aching Hunger as well as Soundgarden Rusty Cage. There is a Spotify playlist for all the bumper music. Almost all bumper music is played on the ASI podcast. And you can find that at one word, ASI Season 3 is the name of the playlist on Spotify. ASI247.org. Click on the classic page uh, for lists of music and a link to that Spotify playlist as well. Um, Until next time, bye. People will disrespect you for the strangest things. They'll hold you underneath their thumb and try to clip your wings. But the only way they win is if you fucking quit. So never give in and don't take no shit. Don't even dip your toe in the water Unless you plan to swim Don't give a fuck in it Unless you're planning to give in Don't even leave the nest Unless you plan to fly